Live from the NHSportsPage.com podcast studios in front of a cast of guinea pigs and cabbage soup and uh, anything else you can imagine. One guinea pig too many, as it turns out. Oh, you got to get two. They, they, they get lonely. <laughs> so they get one. lonely. They get lonely. Daddy uh, likes to take off on weekends when uh, Allison is around. So, yeah, right. they need to keep each other company. It's the Wednesday podcast. And uh, it's Justin McIsaac and Dave Haley and uh, Snowball. And what's the other one's name? Thumper. Thumper. And Allison Haley's here. Yeah, you got guinea pigs. How's that working out? They go to the bathroom quite a bit. A lot. A lot. Did when I, you said they go a lot, you undersold that by about I, I feel 40%. Like, I feel like I properly sold it. And oh, you my Lord. weren't ready. That's all. Yeah, and they like to run away from you when you go near them. They're fun. I think we had a conference call, you, me, and my wife, where we talked about this, and yeah, we tried we to tell you to get a cat. I don't know. What happened to the cat? Don't you sometimes, when you have conversations <laughs> like that, imagine the government listening into that conversation? <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> really? Yeah, the NSA's going, uh, McIsaac's talking about guinea pigs. And they're just sitting there in, in the break room, yeah. like just talk, you know, like Dwight Schrute <laughs> and Jim talking about these three people yeah. talking about, these, growing, these adults yeah. talking about guinea pigs. It's probably the intern that gets stuck with that. Like, anything gets flagged guinea pig. All right, Steve, you got to listen to this one. Transcribe it. Steve. Yeah, Steve showed up late too many times. Do I have to transcribe this? Yes. Oh, God. Anyway, so we're here. It's the last weekend of the regulars. How did this happen, Dave Hill? I know. And there's a lot going on. There is a lot going on. Uh, Jennifer Chick and I... As we speak, texting each other about where we are going on Friday night. First of all, okay, so let's 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 break this down. So you guys are in negotiations at, as you speak. I will be Saturday uh, with MOSN, and we'll throw the link. By the way, I'd like some dap for throwing the live link to the to the uh, St. Thomas Conval game. Yeah, you did that on your own, didn't on you? On the website, outdoors. Look at you all grown up in a twenty five negative twenty five degree windshield. So let's talk about your weekend, beginning <laughs> with Friday night, and let's as you tell the story. Okay. I want you to I want you to update people on what your body temperature was at at the time of each game. Friday was fine because we were in the uh, Exeter press yeah, box. Yeah, but you had a un- unfortunately we think the kids okay. You had an injury timeout, so that yes. was thirty minutes. Then you had a lightning timeout. That was another thirty minutes. Yeah, and then the and, and then oh by the, the way, it's pouring rain. Oh, yeah, it was just, yeah, just, just, can I say pissing on my own? Yeah, like for, it was pissing sure, rain the whole time. And uh, so they finally, uh, as happened everywhere else, I wasn't, you know, the only person that's happened to. The game got canceled, postponed till the next day. So go home. Uh, some heavy duty negotiations. Supposed to do Conval, St. Thomas, next day at one. Actually, get in the car and text Kumba, Eric Kumba, and the Conval people, hey, this isn't happening. He's like, ah. So when I get home, I realize that, that St. Thomas field is going to be unplayable. So I text Kumba. For a month, probably. Probably. So I text uh, Eric Kumba back. Hey, when your field's unplayable, let me know what time and where you're playing. Yeah. The next day, get up. Got to go back to Exeter. Before we leave, Mrs. McIsaac says, you know, if that Conval St. Thomas game is late, you should go do it because that the, you, you, you you should do that. I'm like, you sure she's not seeing somebody else? She's pro- she'd be stupid if she wasn't it's seeing somebody time. else. Look at me. She's sending you out. So how'd you get out of the birthday party? Uh, Cameron's 13 now. So yeah, I, w- sure. I was there for the first half of it. And basically, I talked to Renee and Cameron. I'm like, you just want to play with your friends and do laser tag and bowling, right? Yeah. So if I leave after the first part of the party, do you care? He's like, no, go do your thing. Congratulations, he's normal. Yeah, he's a 13-year-old. So there you go. So that's how we did two games. But the out, yeah, yeah. the last two St. Thomas games I've done at Portsmouth High School would be last year's Milford playoff game. Freezing. You and Burnsy. Me and Burnsy. Burnsy talking over you on the touchdown this, calls. This year, I didn't even have Burnsy to snuggle up next to to keep warm. It was just oh. me, myself, and I, and it was freezing. I was comfortably on my couch listening to you and it, watching uh, watching the Cubs and the uh, Dodgers at the exact same time. 
I got back in the car. I think I started to feel my hands when I got home to Rochester. Yeah, but it was, I can't uh, uh, basketball. I mean, I love football, but really, that's what I was, the whole really time I was thinking I can't, can't wait to be in a basketball. You're gonna be in the Portsmouth Christian Gymnasium in a month and a half. It's like, gonna be oh, 65 yeah. degrees. So anyway, so that was uh, that was last weekend. This weekend I'll be at Dover and Nashua South, which is a playoff game essentially on the last week of the season. Yeah, well, Joe Marshallana kind of broke it down for me. Because I didn't understand the math. Cause I'm not he went smart. to like the fifth tiebreaker or something. Well, like that? That's what it's going to take, apparently. The, what, what division are we even talking about? Because it's so division big. one, the uh, the north and would that be the north? And, oh, the, no, the north east, is a little so. No, no, so so south west. is Dover. Is it's winner loser goes home? Is that correct? Yeah, loser leaves town. Loser leaves town. So you win, you're in the playoffs. That Dover team deserves to get in the playoffs. Man, oh man, if well, they the, don't get in, the stuff they've gone through. Yeah, and the, yeah, the, and the, pa- the past few years, and then all the coaches stuff that's happened the last few. Yeah. Uh, few days yeah no no question so that's a terrific game on Saturday you're gonna cover that right yes one o'clock at Stellos live try to get you a videographer live on MOSN and the link will be on nhsportspage.com but yeah the the dap I was asking for is putting the link up while freezing to death you know the things I do for you no, you did. The things I do. <laughs> you were able to do that over there? Who was over there? Was Mike Z over there? Who the heck was over there with you on Saturday think, night? Well, Dan Doyon was covering it for, uh, for what, the uh, seacoastonline.com? I saw that picture of you. You look like Jack Nicholson at the end of Shi- uh, The Shining. <laughs> he got <laughs> stuck in the maze. That was, that was Dan Spezzafari's dad that took that picture. Yeah. Came over to say hi. The Conval, pe- Conval people turned up for that one. Conval is, uh, and John Stark people have been very good to us. I think yeah. the Bo people are coming on board now. So, all right. So, where do we want to focus? Because this is, it's... Very confusing. Yes. I think people feel like we're going to lead them out of the woods here. I'm going to do no. the best we can. Well, we know, listen, let's make it very simple. We know that this weekend, uh, and it will be live on the Northeast Sports Network, Network. so we'll have a link to it on Friday night. Uh, Goffstown will be at Merrimack. Both those teams are in already. They're in, and uh, the winner there is the three seed, and the loser is the four. No, Losers a three seed, winners a two seed. I think because they're both two seven and three. And one. Excuse me, at two and three. Yeah, Bedford is your one seed. So basically, the winner is going to host the loser of that game. Yep. So you're going to have Bedford playing Salem at home in the playoffs, and then you're going to have Goffstown Merrimack. The winner of the game on Friday night will be the home team the right. following Saturday afternoon. That'll be interesting because you can't really you, you want to win the game obviously, so you get it at home. But at the same time, you show do you want to lay all your cards on the table? I don't know. Huddle and all. I mean, I, I think yeah. these guys know each other. I mean, Kip Jackson and Justin Hoft are pretty smart guys. So, I mean, yeah, no, you're, you're right. But you, you, you just try to win. And at this time of year, I think yeah. the, the, the key teams know a lot about each other. And, and that, that'll be a fun game. So, that'll be live. Um, you, there'll be a link to it up on our site. Jen and I are going. Got a, got a feeling there'll be a lot of points in that game. It could be. A lot of points. Moquin's an under, underrated quarterback. He's good. Yeah. And um, and now they got Andrew Duvall back. He had a big game at wide receivers, first game back. And we know about Frankie Castillo Diaz. So that you know they hit. I like that team a lot. So uh, and and what a you know a lot of character from that program to defend their title like that with all those guys missing. Absolutely. I mean, I, I I would have thought you were nuts if you told me they were gonna you know have the record they have at this point now. Yeah, seven one could be eight one going into the playoffs, and you know you gotta you gotta beat you gotta, you gotta beat the man to beat a man. So yeah, no, 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 they've had a great you know a defense of that title. So, um, so we know what's going on over there. Exeter's your one seed in the other half of the bracket. BG is going to play North for the number two seed. Well, the number two seed BG could go all the way down to the number four seed. I think if they lose. So based on all like the the weird tiebreakerness and where stuff, I get lost. if they lose and South wins and it's a whole thing, so I don't I don't even yeah yeah if there's a three way tie, it goes to like seventeen different tiebreakers. I don't, 
everybody's got to everybody that's playing in Division One needs to win basically to either ensure a spot or get a spot. I think BG's in no matter what. Or they could rest get- assured next Tuesday we'll know what we're talking about when you hit this. Maybe. Uh, so, so wait till noon for the uh, basically the, the Dover South game is winning your in. So that's going to be a great game. Um, yeah. I haven't seen South in person yet. And the first time Dover, I mean, it's a Saturday, but Dover has two less days, three less days to get ready for because they had to finish up on on Monday. Monday. Yeah, and, that, it. and that, that that break of that game, I guess by all accounts, gave the best possible time for Dover because they were kind of the ice was tilted for Winnicott when yep. the delay came. So great job for Dover, six and two. I mean, listen, yeah. I thought Dover would be improved from last year. If you, I, there's no way I thought they'd be six. We and two. thought it was a horrible loss by Portsmouth when when Dover beat them. Let's be honest, and I just got him in my power poll this week for the first time. So. So they deserve a tremendous amount of credit, those kids. And yeah. they're dealing with a lot right now, and they're frustrated, and I don't blame them one bit. And uh, But they're pulling together, so give them credit. Yeah, those type of things can either uh, fracture a team or, or, or bond them. So apparently it's going the, the way of bonding. They don't have a whole lot of kids on the team, so it's you know they, they're, they're bonded anyway. So good for Dover. Uh, in Division Two, oh my goodness. We know Hanover's in. We know Wyndham's in. Uh, we know John Stark and Bo, I think, are in. After that, that Lebanon, I think, feel like that Lebanon <laughs> win over Port Plymouth absolutely just threw everything up in the air. I mean, Lebanon's not out yet, I don't think. No, we kind of we kind of uh, yeah, buried we, them last week. We said them. It was the, the gone fishing, uh, like TNT does yeah. in the NBA playoffs. Gone fishing. <laughs> we had a picture of Ryan Milliken and Chris, Chris Childs. Gone fishing. <laughs> nope. They're, now they're, they're, they're still they, around. They just did the Undertaker zombie sit-up, and they're like, yep, they're here. So they, Milliken had a game, too. He had about 150 four yards the only touchdown of the game so um credit to them so now i think jennifer and i are doing i think we're going to be in milford friday night for milford against plymouth which is a possibly a loser leaves town game right well yeah the winner of that one will get to uh, we'll get to seven wins and the loser could be done so depending on what happens uh but you have one two three four five teams right now with six wins uh, Milford and Plymouth obviously going to play each other, so there's one of your seven-win teams. St. Thomas, uh, I broke this down a little bit in the top ten as best I could. St. Thomas is playing Trinity. They'll be a seven-win team. Yeah. Uh, Conval's got to go to Wyndham. How about the schedule maker with Conval? St. Yeah. Thomas Open and Wyndham. Milford close with Wyndham and you know St. Thomas at the end, too. Is St. Thomas sure nobody wants to play them now? Their defense played re- I mean, yeah. there was a lot of factors in that game. Spezafari's first game back. Who, he had he kind of had the protective shell on his helmet, yeah. so who knows if he was kind of still up in you know not making a concussion joke obviously, but who knows if he's still up inside his own head about no, his no, injury. Um, he threw. He, I didn't think he played badly. The, the wind pushed a lot of passes around. Some of those passes hit his receivers in the hands, and they just dropped them. Yeah. So twenty two for fifty. Yeah, he threw. The, there was a lot of incompletions in that game, uh, <laughs> which you love to see when it's cold yeah, out. When you're freezing cold, you're outdoors. That's another thing. If it's cold, I got Plymouth and uh, Plymouth and Milford. That game's right. gonna be a tidy two-hour game. But oh, the, they're gonna both run the ball a million times. But Con, I mean, Conval's at home. Wyndham has the the two seed at least wrapped up. What about Hollis Brookline? Hollis Brookline. Who do they, they have? They had the easiest schedule going home. They have Sauhegan, which isn't Sauhegan on the road, which is not a gimme. Rivalry game. Rivalry game. And Sauhegan, you know, had one of their better performances a year last week. You'd rather be playing Sauhegan than Wyndham, though, I think. It's oh, no question. <laughs> I mean, Hollis Brookline should win that game. I know when I talked to Mike Lockman in the beginning of the year, he had a young team who felt like it was maybe a year away, and I think they're sort of coming together as he had hoped here at the end, so that won't be easy. But I, I think the, the Hollis Brookline kids are smart enough to know that, yeah. and they're not going to look past 
Sowhegan. So Conville's got that game at, with Wyndham at home, and they think it's going to be one of their biggest crowds ever. And Pete Terrier in the Pete hizzy. Terrier in the hizzy. Maybe if you're a Conville fan and you're worried about not getting a seat, you just go to Sowhegan and become the world's I, biggest Sowhegan fan. I said to him, to give him a home field I said to him on the phone on Monday, we were doing our what are we doing? Because we usually know we're going to week in Vance, but with all the everything sure. thrown up in the air. And I said, well, and I forgot. And he goes, I committed to going to Peterborough. <laughs> like, sorry, dude. I will not rob those people of you, Pete. Oh, man. So that'll be fun. Fun for him. Fun for those kids. And I don't know. You know, if, if Conval doesn't make the playoffs, I'll be very disappointed because yeah. they seem like a great group and so forth. But they've really had a fun ride. You know, I'm, I'm not saying they won't. They could lose and still possibly they have a much small. They have a much smaller group of kids than I thought. When yeah. I got the rosters, because I get the rosters ahead of time and uh, – uh, I saw. I was like, "Where's? Did you miss a page? Because there's only like 30 yeah. kids on here." No, oh, it's just not window. No, getting it like done like though. 94 kids or something like that. Yeah. So that's uh. So hopefully for if you're a Conval fan, Wyndham decides they're just going to keep everybody healthy. I did the, going into uh, the playoffs. But. Won't be the case in a close game. Wyndham had a blowout, but I I did the statistics for them, and I think I tweeted out their box score. I think they had 13 different kids carry the football. That's last a lot week. of kids. Yeah, somebody said they beat West like 62 to nothing, and I said it probably could have been worse. Oh, that's, absolutely. That's I told you, I admire those West kids for showing up. You know, it's tough. It's tough to you kind of know what you're walking into. So D3, Manadnock's in. Uh, I think all the teams are set, with the exception of Kearsarge and Newport, have to battle out for one last playoff spot. Uh, Newport is... Bishop uh, Brady's in. Campbell's in. Winnesquam's in. Summers were... I don't know if Winnesquam's in. Oh, could they not be in? The, I don't think they're in yet. They lost to... They lost to Campbell last Campbell. week. Campbell. Well, Campbell's in. Winnesquam's Summers were both four and three. Franklin's at three and four. I think Franklin lost to both Summersworth and um, Winnesquam. Yeah, they lost to Winnesquam and Summersworth, so they lose the tiebreaker to both those teams. So I believe the south part of the bracket has already uh, established this matter of where Winnesquam and Summersworth finish. I think Winnesquam beat Summersworth. Yeah, so I think they're set. Both four and three. Franklin lost to both of them, so uh, Epic Newmarket lost to Summersworth. Did they beat Winnesquam? Let me see. Uh, they beat Newfound, they beat Farmington New, they beat Raymond. They play with a squam. So, okay, that game is for the playoff spot. Okay. So, because if they both, if when a, if uh, Epic Newmarket wins, they're 4-4, four and four, they get in. It's a two-team race till somebody proves otherwise. Yeah. As and, much as I love my friends in Claremont, New Hampshire, who well, I think are the third best team in that division. Summersworth is rooting for Epic Newmarket there because uh, if Epic Newmarket gets in, Bob Summersworth up to the three seed on that side of the bracket, they would not have to go to Manadnock. Yeah. <laughs> so, nobody, nobody wants to go to Manadnock. No. There's nothing worse than A, going to a game, you know you're not going to win. Right. And B, having to be a really long drive. Yes. It's like I, I, one year, uh, or no, the last couple of years, Pittsburgh, Canaan had to play Epping in the first round oh, of the basketball yeah. playoffs. Hi, oh, last year they played you have PCA, no chance yeah. of winning, and oh, by the way, it's a six-hour round trip. <laughs> Enjoy. We'll see you at the game. Good times. So let's let's go division by division and uh, and pretend that matchups weren't an issue. Who would you want to see? You know, in the the, in finals. the finals, who are the two teams? And I know some some of these teams might by just by bracket have to play each other in the semifinals. Wait, so we can't say Merrimack Bedford? Yeah, of course. You, no, you can. That's oh. what I'm saying. Like okay. the two teams you'd want to see. So okay. Merrimack Bedford for you in Division One. Yeah, I mean they've been the best two teams at this point. I'm sure that Exeter has an argument to tell. You know, certainly. But um, in my opinion, those have been the two best teams I've seen. Coffstown third, right there with them. And they played each other week one. 
Bedford won 24 to 20. Everybody would like to see a rematch in the finals, but that would have to happen in the semifinals. Yeah, I really like the way Division Three does it with the, you know, where they're going to, you know, Bishop Brady, the one seed, is going to play. Let's yeah. say it's, I don't know yet, say it's Newport, the four seed, or Curacao as a four seed, and they, they cross over. And I think that's I think we're probably, a better way to do it. I think we're probably headed that way if, if it stays with three stupid divisions instead yeah. of four. But uh, Stupid I, division, that's aggressive. I'd rather, I'd rather there was four. I think it's stupid that there's three. Not the divisions are stupid. The system is stupid. That's okay. all. Um, You're on record. Just to be, just so we don't are more, just so we're not in complete agreement. I'd like to see Merrimack and uh, Exeter just for the clash of styles. Yeah. In the finals, which I guess is that's that's a matchup that could happen, based on uh, yeah. Merrimack is um, the thing that's interesting about Merrimack is they have five really 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 good players. They have a lot of good players. Yep. They have five elite players. Sure. And really, they do it on both sides of the ball. I mean, Christine's not playing D. I don't believe, I don't remember him out there. But uh, Tyler Daniel, uh, Danny McKilla, uh, Eichmann, you know, those guys are, you know, both sides of the ball, pounding people, hitting people. Sure. They really have that core. That, it's sort of like Goffstown last year. You know, I kind of have that core, like five or six guys. Absolutely. So those are the teams we'd like to see. Um, Division two. So Division two does it. Uh, top two, the uh, conference winners are the top two seeds, and then everybody else gets seeded after that. So you can kind of have. Anybody versus anybody except for, you know, one versus four. But uh, who would you like to see in the finals? I think I would probably like to see Wyndham play John Stark. Yeah? I think that would be a lot of fun to see Drew McCory on that stage with those guys and, and Cooper Gorski and Jacob Fitz and, and Kyle Booker and those guys. Um, I mean, the, honestly, of all the divisions, that's the division where I could probably give you three different combinations of me. Sure. Excited Go ahead. Give, give all the ones you'd like to see. Well, I think... St. Thomas Wyndham three might be a lot of fun. <laughs> that, that would be yeah with, with uh, St. Thomas having all the uh, yeah, bullets in the Plymouth, chamber. Now so to speak. Plymouth healthy. I'd like to see Plymouth back at you know. Well, yep. I wouldn't say back at Durham because they haven't been there the, the two years. Back in the finals, we yeah. saw them in their last championship. What a distinguished career for Coach Lenahan to have Justin McIsaac on the field his last on field interview. That was that, yeah, it was. Just, I hope he feels as honored as he should. It was like a classic war film <laughs> where like Superman flies in at the end and ruins the movie. <laughs> but uh, I, I would like to see that. Obviously, you'd love to see. A team like Conval or Hollis Brookline crash the party as like a lower seed underdog because they're going to throw the football. They got a lot of playmakers, both sides, sure. the Laney brothers and uh, Matt Simcoe. And so there's a lot of different comedy. I have a feeling whoever's there in D2, I'm going to be excited about it. No question. I feel like Wyndham's, I don't want to say, yeah, I'll say they're a lock because I think they're that good. I think Wyndham's a lock to get to the finals. And then after that, a you, lock? I think they're a lock to get into the championship so game. They, play, they could play John Stark in the semis. It's possible. I think I just think they're not. If you had to put one team as a lock, you'd say no. Wyndham. No, I'm not disagreeing. Right. Yes, I'm are. just saying there's. Okay. A, <laughs> I like arguing. I'm gonna lock Wyndham in. I think right? people like it when we argue. Somebody put a put a lock sound effect in there. <laughs> I'll lock them in. You could talk me into any of the other seven teams that qualify uh, in Division Wherever Two. They are. Yeah, into getting into the finals. That's why I think it's gonna be the most fun tournament. I think. I'm feeling Milford wants new part of Wyndham again. I'm just hoping somebody <laughs> else takes care of them. And I'll tell you right now, I'll bet you Wyndham. Privately, in dark corners, and at parties where you know where, where you're not supposed to be telling yeah. saying things out loud, I don't think they want to see St. Thomas really to their place. I don't think Wyndham wants them again. I'm yeah. telling you at their place. I'm not saying they fear them, but just the, all the Kumba familiarity, those guys, and and vice versa. Yeah. I thought the defense that Wyndham cooked up last year for St. Thomas was brilliant. Yeah, and they were because ter- we thought St. Thomas was going to beat them by three. Sure, St. Thomas is just that good. Wyndham yeah. can't score enough to hang with them, and I thought the game plan and the job by those guys at Wyndham was terrific. And I think St. Thomas could do the same thing. When I talked to Eric Kumba in the preseason, you know, we talked for a while. It's one thing he said. He goes, 
we might be pretty good come November. Like, yep. you know, he's he was sort of saying, he was looking around in August and saying, don't, they're, don't they're sleep def- on us. Their offense needs some, I mean, their offense obviously isn't what it was last year. Their defense might be better. Yeah. I mean, they might. It, it, that Who are the defense, kids that stood out to you on defense? Oh, jeez. It was, well, uh, and I don't, I, I don't know the. Uh, the well, Bouchard's de- one of them. Bouchard, the defensive line was yeah. just. I mean, Conval can run the ball pretty well. There was no room to run. They just couldn't. I mean, they couldn't throw the ball and they couldn't run. Yep. You know, and I apologize for not knowing the uh, defensive now, lineman's Kuma names gave the top a shout of my head. out on the radio show. He, he, yeah. he was on with Pete and I. And I was asking about the guys who do the groundwork, and he he was listing all of them. So yeah, they did. A, they did a tremendous job uh, against Conval, and they, they really did in the first half against Wyndham too. That would just be very very intriguing if you're sitting there on semifinal weekend and Wyndham's heading over there, and you're, I mean, excuse me, St. Thomas is heading to Wyndham, yeah. and you're like, oh, that's yeah, interesting. That'd be a tasty one because that that really was a pretty good game through the first half. And then it got and away a little. St. bit. St. Thomas was not a whole. At that point, right? And yeah, and uh, Sean DeCorn didn't play. I don't no, no, they, that was the game. They, the first series they played five kids at quarterback. Sure, why not? But they, but they had. I was talking to Coom about this raffle right after tickets, that game. Yeah. If you sold enough raffle tickets, you get in. Yeah, they had a. Uh, they ran the ball like 10, 15 straight times or something like that. They had a, a play action pass over the middle, which the kid draw or no, he caught it, but he he was all alone. He stumbled and fell at the 12, 20 yard line. Yeah. Otherwise, he would have taken it in and. Uh, I mentioned it to Kumba, and he said it right away. He's like, yeah, if that play goes to the house like it was supposed to, it's a whole different game from yeah. there on out, like the first well, quarter. I, I, think, I, think, I think the Saints would be happy to go back. They're not happy, but they would yeah, feel they would, very they good about mind their it. chances. But, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think D2 is going to be the most fun tournament. Oh, absolutely. So. We don't – I mean, coming down to this weekend, like I said, I, I – and and we're not even talking about Hanover, you know, who hasn't right. lost a game yet. And uh, but they got a big one H- against John Stark this week. Hanover's probably the least talked about undefeated team going into the their final. Their defense yeah. has been elite, but but their schedule it's not their fault. Listen, they beat Lebanon, they beat Laconia, they've beaten the teams they had to beat. They didn't play Plymouth, which is weird because that's like an old right. school rivalry game. But they their schedule isn't that tough, and that's not their fault. Um, they had to they had to play Guilford though. I mean, how can you say their schedule's not tough? Like I said, the schedule's not tough. <laughs> oh, listen to you. Hey, we're in the wrong division. Yeah, that's a gritty win at home against Kennett. I mean, uh, you know, they had to go to Laconia to get a win on opening day. On opening night. Um, but yeah, Shut them out in the second half. They were losing at halftime in that game. I mean, they they, they handled a pretty good Lebanon team. Uh, the other ones, you know, are, are you know. Teams, you beat the teams you're supposed to beat. You know who else wants four divisions? Laconia. Laconia, yeah, exactly. They'll do just fine in a in a new revamped Division Three. So I'm looking forward to that. In Division Three, I'm still calling it the Monadnock Invitational. You love Interlakes Moultonboro, Yeah. Oh no, I think it's those two teams are three touchdowns better than everybody else. Really? So that's until and the and the way it sets how, up. How do you not think that? I saw Stevens, and Stevens is good. Yeah. And Stevens. I think, you know, Stevens goes at Monadnock. I think they can, you know, I, I think Paul Silva and those guys do such a good job coaching those kids up. I think they'll compete, but Interlakes Bowenboro can throw the ball. And, and, and what I noticed by watching them and, and, and seeing their stats from last week, and it was a walkover win over Newfound, but Zach Swanson, four touchdowns the last two weeks. That kid's a big tight end, 6'4", yep. big kid. And, and, and the and, and, uh, the Causes Larson, issues. I'm telling you, man, they got two really good All-State tight ends and you know Andrew Brothers does Andrew Brothers like things and Ryan Kelly can throw the football he can run it if you, you squeeze him out of the pocket I mean they're and boy defensively they're good I, I'm telling you the Lakers are for real they might face a tough first round game though if, if the schedule isn't Winnesquam kind of a, a rival of them am I, am I screwing that up I want to say they crushed them last year the Lakers beat them 
I'm thinking back to last year. Don't forget that in a game that we covered, Interlakes beat Interlakes Monboro beat Bishop Brady pretty bad, thirty-five-seven. Yeah, they didn't play uh, Squam. They beat them year. last year in the semis with Serrano and that's, Timmy Harmon. That's right. Okay. So yeah, so we think it's a two-team race. I think it's those two, and I'll be really excited standing on the field with you talking about that one when we cover it. You're gonna sit. You're gonna if Manadnock or Interlakes what ta- wins, team's gonna tackle you after? You're gonna send them to tackle. It's a D3 tradition. All right. So there you go. All right. Let's uh, quickly let's run through uh, teams. You were uh, the biggest happy surprise in each division. Division one. I think it's gonna be Dover by a mile, doesn't it? By a mile. Good I mean, question. they. I thought, like I said, I thought no they'd be, question. I thought they'd be improved. I liked their skill players. I I kind of liked what six they're, and two, six and two did no, not no. see it coming. Uh, four, you could have talked me into four and four. Yeah, but I mean, when I was talking to Ken Osmond in the in the preseason, he was still saying he liked his team, but depth, depth, depth. We don't have much. I think depth. they've stayed pretty healthy. Yeah, has been the key. Have which, to. Yeah, when, when you, you and get, I remember Brian Paff. Remember what Paff said to us on the field when they beat North? We were with him because yep. that was the night that uh, Portsmouth beat Winnicott, and he said they're big. He's like they're big. Yeah, and Julian Nicholson, some of those kids are big boys on the offensive line. So um, they're absolutely the the pleasant surprise in a walk. Yeah, well, yeah, it's it's, it's been terrific it's revitalizing that program too. So uh, great job by Ken Osmond, and now most of his staff being dismissed. Which, but still, great job by uh, by that crew over there at. Uh, at Dover, uh, Division Two, biggest happy surprise. Are we not doing the disappointing, or no? We'll do that after. All right, biggest happy surprise in Division Two, Hanover. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. It came out of nowhere to me. I expected Plymouth to be good. I expected Stark to be good. Obviously, we knew what Wyndham was. Milford's Milford, um, and I knew Conval, and I didn't know much about Hollis Brookline. Um, yeah. And I'm really happy. That's a good example of a coach reached out to me, Sean Abbott, and he was like, "Hey, hello." But I had tried to get in touch with the coach, and I didn't. I probably only called him once. But I like it when people do that. Reach out to me. Like, let's get it involved. So good for them. And we've been covering those kids like crazy. So, But Hanover, Hanover is a team that went to a lot of championships in the 90s and the early yeah. aughts or whatever the heck we call that. And so, you know, that's a nice story. That's a good program. And it's nice to see Hanover. Hanover was also a really good basketball program. They haven't done much the last couple of years. So it's kind of yeah. nice to see Hanover back in it. I'd have to say Hanover. Probably Bo, too. I, I thought Bo would be good. I didn't think they'd be 7 and 1 in Division 2 their first year. Well, I think moving Bo, up. Bo beating Stark was humongous. Yeah. And the conditions really played to their style of sure. they don't throw the ball a ton. They can. Harkins does a nice job. But. You know they're going to pound the ball with Justin Mooney and 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 uh, and those guys. But yeah, Bo's been a nice surprise. But I would say Hanover is the the biggest. All right, happy surprise in Division Three. I'd have to say just based on the fact that they don't have a whole hell of a lot of kids is Bishop Brady. Yeah, Bishop Brady. Beat six and one. No, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. Um, those guys, Matt Shaw, Chase Fanoff, do a really really good job over there, and, and you know, they got a big time back and Moses Morenzi. Um, they've done a really nice job. Those guys have to be. I would think your your coach of the year over there. They've done a great job. And if Summersworth can somehow get to five and three and beat Bishop Brady, I'll, I'd throw Summersworth in there as a close second because yeah. I know I know uh, my boy Danny Hudson had some you know ups and downs this year. Danny always does a good job. Yeah, he's it? yeah he's a tremendous coach. And uh, how come you never drew, got him over to Spalding? Uh, <laughs> uh, off the record, I've heard that they, they they tried a few times. Maybe I'll have to cut that they part. They should, up. yeah. But uh, yeah, he's 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 a terrific coach. Love Danny Hudson. All right. Uh, Team, you kind of expected a little more out of this year. My D1 answer is going to surprise you because you think I'm going to say Pinkerton, but I'm not. No, I didn't think you were going to say Pinkerton. I'm going to say Londonderry. Yeah, they're not a bad team, but two and six. It's... Yeah, a lot of. They killed themselves. They should be Goffstown. 
Yeah. Right off the bat. And, I mean, they've had a couple of games where they had, like, six turnovers and maybe lost by a possession or two. Jake Stevens can throw the ball. I mean, they got some some playmakers over there. But And I really think a lot of Jimmy Lowe's on. And I'll tell you, my opinion of coaches comes mostly, as it does in most sports, from other coaches. And sure. And people think very highly of him. Obviously, he's one of the younger coaches. But in basketball, I know enough to kind of see, and I listen to those guys. But – in football, you know, I listen to what coaches say, and, and people are very impressed. So, Londonderry, you know, I think that they're going to look back on the season and go, what wow, like it wasn't yeah. that far off, you know? I would have to say, uh, for me, Portsmouth, after the hot start. Yeah, I mean. They kind of, I mean, I know injuries were a big part, but I thought I thought they were a playoff Cody team. Graham's there. I think they make the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, after they started 4-1, I thought they were a playoff team. That that Bishop Girton loss was just, as it turns out, a a, a backbreaker. Yeah, and re- yeah, and and twelve point lead in the fourth quarter. And I like yeah. what Paff said in the paper. I read his comments. You know where he basically said, this is on us. Like we should have. Yeah. We didn't play well against Dover. And and anybody I talked to, they credit Dover. And Dover's a good team. Taking nothing away from Dover, they were looking past Dover. They thought they were going to sure. kill Dover, and they were wrong. And then you know that BG game they let slip away. And yeah. Then we kind of remember saying, well, it's the Nashua, and they went zero and three against the Nashua schools. Yep. So. Uh, yeah, there it is, right? There's your story. All right, Division Two uh, team. You thought you were going to get a little more out of this year. <sighs> Why don't you answer this one first? I got to think this one over. See, I thought, I thought Southeegan would be a little. Uh, nah, they were a little, little in the down. mix. Now. I would have said. Uh, that's a hard one because so I almost would say Lebanon, but Lebanon, I think they're five is and is three. Yeah, yeah, and they they're five. Maybe Kenneth. I know they lost a bunch yeah, last year. Yeah, but this, this is a tougher right. one than any. Yeah. You know, they beat St. Thomas, and I, I don't know, man. I, in this division, honestly, I don't think anyone's really disappointing. If Laconia is kind of where they are, they're a 500 team, they're good. I'm surprised Trinity's falling off. I guess Trinity's falling off the planet. I yeah. mean, yeah, I didn't know much falling about so hard. them. Yeah, it's a harder one in Division Two because everybody's either. I guess I would say Trinity, but I didn't expect yeah. that much out of them, and I, I they lost some kids. You but didn't expect them to. The, take the, the ball left, and a couple of the kids, you know, they graduated, but you didn't expect the scores to be this lopsided. No, not they're in Manchester West territory. Exactly, and uh, well, all that right, Turkey Bowl is gonna be awful. Oh, jeez, uh, maybe not play it this year. Uh, how about Division Three team? You thought you were gonna get a little more out of this year? <sighs> I guess I would say, uh, I guess I would say Newport. Just because they were defending champs, they had some linemen back. I thought they would be a little bit. I don't think that's fair to them because I think they've done a nice job over there. Um, but and and they lost a lot. I mean, C.J. Lawrence and and Noah Wade and and Stephen Nix. I mean, they lost some big time players. But I, I'd say Newport a little bit. I don't think they've underachieved. But mm-hmm. I, I I thought that they would be more. I didn't think I'd be counting them out at this point in the season. I think maybe and and, and the, I guess they still have a a shot to get. No, I guess maybe not. Um, I thought Kearsarge, I guess it's, I can't really call, i say it's disappointing because their schedule's been so tough. Here's the thing about Kearsarge, because I talked to They're Zach. so banged up. It's so banged up. Not, maybe not disappointed in the team, but disappointed in yeah. what happened to them. They lost a lot of kids yeah. from last year, and then they lost their top two quarterbacks. And from what I was told, I can't remember, a coach at the at the Interleague's game told me they were running almost Justin Norris out of like a wildcat. Like, yeah. just give him the ball and let him run. So not, dis- not disappointed in the way Kearsarge has played, but the, the circumstances that have yards befallen them. Yeah, that's, Is that good? Sounds good. I don't really watch a lot of sports. I just kind of like to talk about the water cooler. I just like to talk the water cooler at the office, make friends. like to meet people. So there you go. Well, Dave, I think it's going to be a tremendous last weekend of football. There's a lot at stake for a lot of teams, and uh, it's going to be fun. Yeah, no, uh, I'm going to do my column tomorrow. It'll be up on Thursday, and uh, 
pretty much break down all the important games. Uh, before we go, World Series thoughts? Uh, Who are you rooting for? I'm rooting for Cleveland, and I'll tell you why. Because it's, it was, it, I did not take this decision lightly because the, the Cubs are kind of the Red Sox fans' spiritual brethren. Maybe in our minds, I don't know if the Cubbies fans think that way, but uh, there's a lot of former Red Sox in this game, or this series, I should say. And, but I'm, I, I think Terry Francona got such a raw deal on his way out of Boston. With the way the front office tried to bury him and malign his character, I want to see him raise the trophy and then raise a middle finger at Larry Lucchino. I feel like he's already gotten his redemption. I mean, I I don't totally disagree with you. I certainly want to see the Cubbies because one of the great things about being a sports fan is the sound and the feel. Yeah. And when I was on Saturday night under a blanket in 70 degrees, where were I, you Saturday night? I, I hate your guts. Oh. <laughs> you were stuck in, the, <laughs> stuck in the maze with uh, with Jack Nicholson. I'm glad um, I was there. It was a great game. The, the sound of those Cubs fans living and dying with everything and like going crazy in that first one, two, three inning, I hadn't heard that since 2004, honestly, sure, yeah. like Red Sox Yankees. And so I, 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 it was instantly like I picked up on it. And one of the funnier moments, and I texted you, but I think you had just gotten home and you were defrosting. Yep. One of the funnier moments I haven't heard anyone talk about was the foul ball. I think it was the ninth inning. Into the Bartman area. That went to the Bartman area. <laughs> and, and the Dodgers were up. It was like someone threw a live hand grenade. <laughs> People were sprinting up the aisles. I mean, guys were tackling their wife. Get away. Don't touch it. And early in the game, they'd had a slow-mo of a ground rule double and this guy was holding his arms out like holding four people back yeah. like don't your, <laughs> your life will change forever oh my so i mean i think it'll be a lot of fun i, I don't know if you saw on uh, jimmy kimmel last night but uh will ferrell came on did his harry carey you, you remember harry carey which i love that impersonation but harry carey basically when they were had their like their pennant run when they lost to the amazing mets like at the end harry carey the story was would go do the game the cubs played during the weekdays at like yeah. noon or one o'clock, he'd hit the bars in he'd, Chicago. He'd be there all night. With all night, go to bed, <laughs> get up, get something to eat, go back to the ballpark. Games are all at like three o'clock or one o'clock. Sort of utopia to you and I. Yeah, that's. Uh, Does that sound not like uh, you'd have to like the wife and kids would be away or something like that for you? But I yeah. mean, just like every day going back to the ballpark and I then can, just partying after with all I, the fans. I feel like I could handle that. I feel like I could do that for years. I feel like I'd live to be about, how old am I now, 38? I collapsed during the fourth inning of a game against the Expos. But other than that. I'd live to be 51, maybe. I'm rooting for the Cubbies. I'm rooting for the Cubbies. I don't think you can go wrong either way. I'm rooting for, I'm rooting for Cleveland because I don't, I, I don't want to be a fence sitter, but I'm, I'm not going to be mad if the Cubs win. I can't stand LeBron, so I'm just going to root for the Cubs. Can you, I thought my headline really captured it. Imagine either Cleveland's going to win two championships in a year or the Cubs are going to win. One of those things is happening. It's happening. Yeah. Cleveland is championship city. Yeah, All right. Could, well, could happen. Well, I'm going to wrap this podcast up and go get ready for game one. But uh, Dave, it's going to be a fun weekend, and uh, we'll talk about it next week. All right, buddy.